When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Baz is here for breakfast, 16th of September 2021. Gee, it was a fired-up show today, catching up with one of our favourite athletes in any sport around anywhere in the world, Paul Cole, is he? Unbelievable from Paul Cole. He's just got his wee win in the quarterfinal. He's going to the semifinals in the Egyptian Open. Played in front of the pyramids. If you haven't seen it, make sure you Google it. Spectacular scenes over there in Egypt. Also chatting to Tamsin Newton out of the White Fern. She was unbelievable to give us a bit of her time. They are leading into the ODI series. It starts tonight, midnight New Zealand time in Bristol. And their performance, they have been tracking extremely well. Just going down against the English in the T20 series. 2-1. So great to chat to Tams. And then we had the one and only Joseph Parker. Joey P. Joseph Parker joined us. Joey P. joined us talking about what his future looks like. Hopefully signed a deal to fight later on in the year. Didn't announce names, fair enough. But great to chat to Joey Parker about the future and pretty much what he's been up to in lockdown, creating films. We played him a wee chip uh, clip from YouTube sensation, Punisher. Jake Paul. No, sorry. Punished. Punished. Anyway, he was, yeah, <laughs> he had enough of that one. Anyway, <laughs> we've had a great show. We've got Mitch. We've got Mitch for the Harness Racing, $1.90. That's our tip. We've got everything. We've been talking punting. We've been talking Dave Rennie and the Ghetto Law. Yes. And it has created a lot of chat amongst our pundits. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We are so lucky. We get to welcome in our one of our favorite guests, for the Bears and Izzy for breakfast show, Paul Cole, hot off his clinical performance as he advances to the semi-final in the Egyptian Open. And if you haven't seen where the tournament has been staged, Google it. Right in front of the pyramids. It is an unbelievable sight, and we are so lucky to welcome in Paul. Good morning, Paul. Kia ora, boys. Kia ora, Paul. Kia ora, mate. How, how are you? I know you've just been a physio. You come through all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing, actually. I quite enjoyed that performance. So um, all in good spirits here. Body's feeling good. Uh, wasn't wasn't too physical of a match, which uh, is always nice to, to come off. Mate, it wasn't just a clinical performance. You gave my hearty three games to nil. 11-7, 11-9, 11-3 in the third game. You must be pretty happy with that performance. Yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm stoked. To be honest, I didn't really see that, you know. We've had... Um, a lot of big battles in the past, you know, a couple of 96-minute, mm. 100-minute matches. So, uh, And it was very hot conditions too. You know, we're playing in like 32 degrees outdoors. So, um, But my racket was singing tonight, which uh, 
Yeah. yeah, it made me feel very good and, and to get off in 40 minutes, I loved it. Your racket was singing and uh, absolutely singing and dancing in the streets of uh, Greymouth. Now we've just seen, got some live scenes. It's, it's absolute pandemonium down there, mate. So well <laughs> well done. Can you tell us, can you take us behind the curtain here? Tell us what it's like playing in Egypt. Like seriously, from arriving on the plane, what you do, where you go, how you're looked after by the PSA and, and what goes on because it's just such a foreign concept to many of us. Yeah, man, this is um, an interesting tournament. Like, uh, we get we get picked up at the airport. Obviously, we get you know chauffeured to the um, to the hotel. Pretty nice hotel. We're staring at the the pyramids. Like we're right next to them. Um, I've mm. got my own personal driver, which is nice. You know, they hooked me up with a you know, private <laughs> car. So wow. I, just, I just shoot. Uh, I just shoot my guy a message, and he comes and picks me up. So that's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we're, we're staying in the hotel and we, you know, we're pretty limited to the food that we can get. So I've had about four tomato-based passes in the last 24 hours. So, um, you know, <laughs> food just becomes a bit of a chore. Uh, but no, I mean, we're in a nice hotel. Um, playing on the glass court is interesting too. You know, <laughs> tonight there was like 24 kilometers of wind. So I'd chuck the ball up in the mm. air sometimes and it's just stopping like a, like a brick in the air, you know. So... That was also why I was pretty happy with that performance because it's quite hard to time the ball. It's swirling around a bit um, out there. So um, that's another sort of factor that we don't normally deal with. But with these outdoor courts, it sort of comes into play. So um, that's also why I was quite happy with my ball striking tonight. Mate, like, can you just, are you just kicking yourself? Like you're going for in the British Open and you've won that. You've, you've made billions there. Hopefully you've saved it. you put a bit of penny away for the West Coast house when you get home and... And you've you've made a great decision to say that, but mate, you still pinch yourself like you you, you just mate. I see your name everywhere now, Paul Cole. You you've just hit the ground running, representing our country with so much pride and mana, and you're getting results. Are you happy with where you're at right now? Ah uh, man, I'm stoked. Uh, to be honest, it's been a, a tricky sort of eighteen months this whole COVID period for me, mm. not being able to get home. Um, you know, I love I love New Zealand and I miss it every day. So these sort of uh, mm. performances really make it make it worth it you know obviously we're not playing for billions like you said unfortunately but um <laughs> you know you find a lot you find a lot of joy in these sort of results and you know the support from back home uh the last three weeks has just been insane which gives me a, a real buzz to keep performing as well so paul um you we're not aficionados of squash here a lot of our listeners are they actually love it because i think it's a great sport as we talked about last time that everyone can play but can you give us the context of so the british open tournament it was huge it was such a massive result so what what where does this egyptian tournament rank rank and kind of what you'd like to achieve and have you performed well here previously i've, I've done all right here actually in the past just because of i think the hot conditions it, it quite often becomes quite physical and that's that's probably my strength out there so um, in terms of that, I've actually done it right. It's bloody tough though coming here and um, going through a whole tournament. It's they're always quite long tournaments because we can only have four matches a night on the glass court, so we get a lot of rest days. Um, and obviously, at the moment, we're just stuck in the hotel room. So you know, you sort of it just becomes a long tournament mentally. You know, you're in a room by yourself. You're sort of just getting all these uh, you know thoughts. You're in your head the whole time. So you know, one of the biggest skills here is actually just switching off and not thinking about squash for 48 hours you know because otherwise you just sort of you come up with all these thoughts and most of them are negative of course so it's yeah. tough man to go through a tournament here it's probably not the most prestigious tournament but i think uh for uh say a westerner to come here and go through a whole tournament through a lot of egyptians it would actually be 
um, you know, one of the more impressive wins. And it's actually a small goal of mine just to, to come into the Lions Den and just sort of go through a tournament, beating Egyptian after Egyptian in their own backyard. It's a, I take a lot of pride in that, yeah. Mate, that is awesome. I love that. I was, I was looking at the draw, and there's so many Egyptians uh, in the in the game of sport at the moment. What is it about Egypt and squash? Are they just got? Is that is that like top of their priority list in Egypt? You got to play squash. They are very very good. Yeah, it's, at it. yeah, it's a numbers game, bro. Um, I think it's a bit like rugby in New Zealand. You know, uh, you sort of grow up. Yeah. And that's the first sport you sort of you play. That's that's what I that's how I I see it here anyway. Just because there's so many juniors around. Um, just living on squash courts, you know, a bit like us on a rugby paddock, kicking a ball around. So I think that's just where it comes from, man. Just from a young age, is just pure numbers in the sport. Mm. Hey, I've got a good question here from Muzz, actually. He's texted in, and if you've got any questions for Paul Cole, give us a text on double eight double three. Good heat from Paul Cole. Sounds like a rooster. He's been on <laughs> fire lately. Question, what sort of training does he do in terms of weights, resistance, squash looks like a killer of a killer sport on the joints what kind of training you do bud um do a lot of strength work and a lot of but i've got to do a lot of cardio as well squash mm. sort of covers all bases we've got to be you know um quite explosive then we've got to be quite strong in the lunge and then we've got to have the endurance you know i played for 90 minutes uh two days ago and 34 degrees so that really starts kicking into the endurance so i do a lot of yeah. stuff in the gym during the season like a lot of um, uh, maintenance sort of work, you know, a lot of strength work and not so much cardio because I get the cardio from my squash training. But, yeah, man, I live in the gym uh, when I'm in training. Every day I'm in there, um, you know, doing some sort of strength work or working on the body. Yeah, it takes, it takes a lot to look after. So you're not surprised, mate. I saw those quads. They were steaming, mate. Really? <laughs> what? You're doing a couple of squats or what? <laughs> yeah, I live on the squat rack, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, you're uh, so you're known for your physical style of play, and it sounds like it's something you really embrace. Two wins away now, um, well, f- from what could be a really special. You, I love it going into the Lions Den and getting it done. That's pretty cool. Do you know who you're playing in the semi final? The um, website hasn't updated. Have you been following along uh, with that? Um, no, they're still playing, mate. Um, they're I think they're just kicking off now. So hopefully they go for. You know, a couple of hours and kill each other, and then uh, not so fresh tomorrow. Yeah, that's it. So tomorrow, and then you bowl along potentially into the final, which would be Saturday New Zealand time, I think. Uh, what's next for you? So you, you you get a bit of time off, or how kind of frequent is the squash circuit? Um, it's interesting at the moment, man. It's sort of they've crammed a lot into a short amount of time. So actually, on Monday, I'm off to San Francisco um, for a, a sort of a US leg. We got. Um, San Francisco Open and then US Open, which is a, you know, probably one of probably the third sort of biggest major for squash. Um, so man, it's it's full on for the next month for me. Uh, and then we've, but yeah, like I said, because of COVID's opened up, sort of it's gone a bit tournament happy, and um, the schedule's almost too busy at the moment. But we've gone from complaining not to have any to complaining we got too much. So gotta be careful <laughs> yeah. uh, what I'm sounding like, you know. <laughs> Hey, mate, when, when will we see you at home? When will we be able to celebrate your successes? When, when are you thinking you might be able to join home? I know your family will be missing you like crazy. Yeah, man, I'm hoping... Um, I've been following the scene back home, and I'm, I'm hoping sort of start of next year. Uh, things look like they're trying to open up, don't they, with the whole... I mean, as soon as that quarant- two weeks quarantine drops, um, I'll be home because 
like I'm already living in hotels now, so to come home and do two weeks in another hotel would just be an absolute mind killer for me. So um, as soon as that sort of quarantine eases up, I'll be home, man. Oh, nice. Well, we look forward to celebrating you when you get home. Hey, just a quick question before you go. My neighbours messaged me. He's got some white bait for me. He's got some white bait for me, mate. And you're from Ooh. the West Coast, and they love white bait over there. How do you cook your white bait? Well, mate, I was in um, I was in uh, England the other day, and they had white bait there. But the size of the white bait was incredible. It was like <laughs> they were just eating like eating fish. the white bait like and yeah, like individual fish, mate. I was like, what is going on here? Where's your patties and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> have you have you heard of the West Coast of New Zealand? You're like you should have pulled out your passport and been able to kind of give him the lesson. This is no hold on. Oh, well, mate, I was straight on Google showing them what's what. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, Paul Don't Cole, mate. Absolute champion, absolute champion. You'll be missing the tucker over these ways, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to tuck into my fifth bloody tomato-based pasta for I'm, I'm missing home food, that's for sure. Yeah, just get the man some white bread, some butter, tea yeah. sauce, and some white bait. Hey, Paul, we're the we're the we're the absolute president of the the uh, PC fan club over here. So great to have you on the show. Thanks for making time yeah, for us. Good, work, mate. good luck tomorrow. Hopefully, you win another one and get through to the big dance, and um, we can have something to celebrate when you get back here eventually. Hey, cheers, boys. Means a lot. Thanks for the call. Awesome. No worries, Izzy Dag. There you go, Paul Cole. I love him. I think he's a great a Kiwi hand. doing things on the, the the absolute peak of his uh, world stage. He is a champion, mate. Great to. He's just finished that game as well. He's gone to physio and just the just what he's been able to achieve over this year, mate. Celebrating success. We love championing our champions, and Paul Cole is one of them. And Awesome, awesome work. I love it. Love it how he just comes on, chews the fat. He's just a West Coaster over on the big stage, giving the Egyptians one of their own in their own country. I love it, mate. Love it. <laughs> Into the lion's den. Go and shake <laughs> it up, Paul. Hey, um, speaking of the West Coast, it's been a, it's a good sporting time for the West Coast because I found out on the mail run on Saturday, Mick Guerin, who's from the West Coast, he's got about 20 brothers and sisters from over there. He's actually cousins with Leo Malloy as well. So the West Coast Mafia is really, truly running New Zealand, if you think about it. He said that Max Gorn, who is the six foot ten captain of the Melbourne Demons team, which has romped through to the AFL Grand Final, his parents are from the West Coast, and he's... He considers himself to be a coaster. So the West Coast are doing good things on the global sporting stage. Wow. Wow. What a yeah, little old West Coast hawk and ticker. Have you spent a bit of time over there, Louis? I, I have. I used to go camping up Karamea um, way, so kind of mm. up above. Yep. And, um, oh, I love it. Driving down. Um, yeah, beautiful place. Lake Brunner as well. I've got a friend who's got a batch there. Yeah. Nice little spot. I've never spot. been to Lake Brunner. Never been a late runner, but I've heard it's amazing. Like always calm and flat. Beautiful. Um, great skiing lake yep. and, and things like that. So I'll have to go there once. I haven't spent a tel- hell of a lot of time over in the West Coast, but been there a couple of times for the Crusaders pre-seasons and they're lovely people. Um, they're uh, such, so kind, great food, white bait city. There's actually, I'm a salmon fisherman as well. And they actually catch <laughs> salmon over on those. You're those, a what? Uh, <laughs> is, this, is this an impromptu country, Clueless? What do you mean you're a salmon? What does that even entail? What is that? You got a salmon farm? I catch so- salmon, mate. I catch salmon. What do you think? 
What do you, what, what do like you, you go to a salmon farm and drop a rod in or drop a line? I'm fisherman clued up, mate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I go for catching salmon. I go catch them. I may not have caught a salmon since 2017, but hey, <laughs> salmon numbers are, are struggling at the moment. That's not my fault. That's out of my bloody... Yeah, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> great salmon over on the West Coast, mate, I must say. Has anyone ever seen Izzy Dad catch a salmon? Double eight, double three. Tonight, Izzy, the White Ferns, they go to battle again. They do, they do. We're so lucky on this show to welcome in our next guest after a narrow series defeat in a T20 series in England, to England, but showing they certainly have the ability to hang in with the women's cricketing powerhouse. Our White Ferns start their task to snare what would be a very special away victory in the five-match ODI series against the English tonight. And Tamsin Newton is an all-rounder for the White Ferns, and she's been good enough to join us. I know it's late over there, Tamsin, so thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Good. I'm good. It's almost like, um, um, you know, I'm up late, but you guys are up hicka early, so it evens out, all right? <laughs> hicka early, all right, mate. I'm up yeah, at 4.30. <laughs> oh man! Um, how, how's how's the how's the team feeling? How's everything been uh, leading into the series? A lot of confidence after pretty narrow loss against the the English um, T Twenty side. Yeah, man. No, it's it's, it's been good. Eh? We've had like um, about a week off, um, just transitioning from kind of that T Twenty signing that off, and then cracking into the ODI stuff. But. Um, no, nah, it's it's been good. The the buzz around the group's real good. We're looking forward. Like this is the first time we've played a, a, a five game series. Normally we're a three game series um, tour, so we're looking forward to kind of play the game, day off, travel, play the next. Um, and so I think the next eleven days are gonna are gonna fly by. But yeah, as you alluded to earlier, you know that um, narrow T Twenty uh, series win that. Um, we unfortunately weren't able to grab. Um, it was it was exciting, and it's nice to be competing. I think it's a complete turnaround from from when the English came over, and um, well, they took a clean sweep essentially. But um, it's good. It is a complete turnaround, isn't it? And I guess this five match series is a testament to kind of what the work of the whole White Ferns and New Zealand Cricket Organisation has done to make sure that you guys are a professionally run outfit. So this transition from 2020 cricket to ODI, how are you going about that? What are the messages the coach is delivering? And and as far as skill sets and your position as an all-rounder, what do you have to change personally? Yeah, I think there's there's kind of been a lot of talk. Obviously, I think we're a team that kind of suits that... um, T20 mode or we get into that T20 mode a lot easier because you know we've got girls that are playing it a lot more frequently so just trying to do those kinds of things for um, longer periods of time Um, I think for the for the most part our our batting well for me personally that batting through the middle order doesn't change it's been I mean sorry to boy with absolute cricket chat but uh, (laughs) it's all just low risk (laughs) someone's gonna do it Baz isn't here so someone's gonna do it so please carry on sorry um but you know, it's just low risk cricket. We we're able to score frequently, but again, being able to do that for a longer a longer period of time and being able to go through kind of the ebbs and flows of being out on your feet for about four and a half hours, um, which isn't as exciting as it sounds. So, yeah, I think that's that's going to be a real test for us. But we know we've we've um, been aware that we're going to have to um, spend that time on our feet, and um, it's going to be a tough eleven days. So it's going to be no surprise if 
um, of being able to try to get through this. Um, but I think we've put in a lot of work and we're really starting to just nail out some um, little key things that I think will really help us um, prepare for that 50 over World Cup back at home. Sophie Devine and, and Susie Bates, I thought they were outstanding in that T20 series. How, how influential have they been over these past couple of weeks and what was has been their main role within the environment for, for the squad? Yeah, look, they're huge in this um, environment. I think to have, you know, you've got Soph um, leading from the front, but to have sort of the support of Susie um, and Amy as well, just they're backing her up. It's been, uh, it's been really good um, in terms. I think um, from a from probably someone that's not as senior as those guys, just to have um, those three to look to. Uh, when things do get a bit hard. I don't know if you guys caught the game, but I had an absolute nightmare out in the field. Um, <laughs> looked like I may have handled um, the, the game, but it's all right. We can laugh about it now, so we're good. I've had my, I've had my time yeah. with the moving forward, so it's fine. Um, yeah. But Never but, look back. Never look back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you, you can't learn if you don't make mistakes, right? Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, 100%. But, yeah, so... Just to have those two back in the side, I think they just bring a massive presence with them. Um, and like we celebrated, I think, Sophie's 100th game and Susie's 250th game. So they're no stranger to, to the game and um, and those kind of high-pressure moments. So it's great to have them back together. Um, and the three of them leading leading from the front has been just huge for us. Hey, Tamsin, we had Katie Martin on the show, and it sounds like you guys are just full-time celebrators over there, just loving tour life. You're having an absolute <laughs> ball. And then I found out that it's Susie's birthday tomorrow, so you'll be hoping that you can get a win. And, and do you have a big surprise party planned or a cake or something? Well, if I told you we had a surprise party, you probably wouldn't be much of a surprise party. Touche. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've we've had quite a few milestones. I think we've got another few more birthdays um, in isolation, which um, great for them, I guess, um, or not. But um, yeah, so we've we've um, that's great having um, yeah Susie back. Um, it is her birthday tomorrow. I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll celebrate. We have been a lot better at celebrating, kind of. Um, I guess those losses, <laughs> but again, those wins as well. And I think just that, that progression forward that uh, we're moving and we're, we're really close as a team. Um, and it's felt um, really natural this tour um, where we've just got around each other and just um, had the music going, um, a few nice. fizzy drinks um, here and there. But <laughs> Love it. Don't worry, Katie Martin told us, mate. She's the she's the black jack, blackjack dealer, and girls have a couple of gins at night. It's great. I love it. It's good. That's how you Is team it? building, team building. Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure she told you. Hey, a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, she, she did. She was great fun, man. You're great <laughs> yeah. fun as well, Tamsin. Hey, I heard you're also a gun rugby player. You 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 know you gun rugby player. You've had to make that decision. You had a few injuries. Growing up, um, that that probably made the decision a lot easier. And then you went back and gave it another crack. Um, what you still enjoy your rugby? You still enjoy getting out and having a run around, or, or is it more just cricket now? You're just into the cricket. Oh, like it, it's been real hard. Eh? Like um, I think initially on this tour, I actually didn't think I was going to make the cup. So then I was mm. like, great, I've got seven seven rounds of FPC to just get me through the fact that I'm not going to the UK. 
Um, and then I ended up being selected and I actually cried because I was like, oh, now I can't play for the pride, which is bloody gutting. Um, <laughs> so I was, it's been honestly probably the best time um, uh, getting back into into footy. But um, I think given the opportunity that New Zealand cricket have offered me, um, I can't really say no. Unfortunately, my coach loves um, soccer or football, whatever he wants to call it, um, and hates <laughs> the overall. So um, it's been a, a tough conversation because I feel like FPC could be back on the cards as soon as I get home. And I was worried about missing it. Could, I could make it back in time depending on if we make finals, <laughs> so hours. Um, but, yeah, it, it's been, it's been now nah, really, really good for me to get back and um, have something else. There's maybe whispers of a Super Rugby um, next season. Yeah. So there's a couple of things for me to think about. But, but while I'm here, you know, I'm enjoying the cricket. Um, mm. And it's so different uh, to that footy uh, side of things. So it's, yeah, I'm all in. easier on the body, eh? Body from, what's that? A little bit easier on the body or, or not not too much different? Oh, honestly, so much easier on the body. But, like, <laughs> so much harder on the mind because I tell you what, I missed one at square leg yesterday and I couldn't get out of my head for three days. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tamsin, don't think about it too much tonight. Just get in a good night's sleep before yeah. you get into this uh, ODI series. Thanks so much for taking our call. We really appreciate your time. No. No worries, fellas. Thanks again, eh? Yeah, have no, a good day. Go well, we, go well. We will. The whole Whiteferns team are just some of the best, best sorts <laughs> going around in New Zealand. Absolutely love them. That was Tamsin Newton out of the Whiteferns up in the UK. They go head to head with the English woman tonight at midnight. We've got the great Joseph Parker. He's fought all over the world. And he's seen it all. A former WBO heavyweight title holder, and no doubt hungry to get back to the top of the world again. Times have changed, though, and it's getting the fight was hard before COVID. I'm sure there's a lot of complications now. Talk all things boxing. Joseph Parker, he's a film star. He's a hell of an actor, too. Joey Parker, mate. How are you? <laughs> Welcome. Good, bro. Good, good, good. How are you? I'm good, man. Hey, I've just got a wee song for you, actually. Go, go play that song for us, eh? Here we go. I got this, Oh, Wow, wow, wow. How good is that? When I hear that song, bro, when I hear that song, it just reminds me of you. And I'll be honest, for the Crusaders, we used to, after we come in from our warm-up, someone would put the Yui Boom on and we'd play this song just before we uh, ran out and, and played for the Crusaders, mate. So gets the goosebumps flowing. Did it get you going there, Joey? Listen, this song... As soon as I hear this song, I feel like training. Like, I know it's not too early, but I, I'm in the gym now and do something. That song, you know, that song really hypes you up. Nice, brother. Nice. What have you been up to anyway, my man? I know you're in lockdown and you've got your, your beautiful family there. You, what have you been doing through throughout the lockdown? You know, uh, we got back and we were in MIQ for two weeks. And then as soon as we got out of MIQ, the, the day we got out of it, lockdown so we've just I've, I've been spending a lot of time with the family quality time mm. um i've been training i've been keeping in shape i've been you know eating good food but enjoying myself as well and i've been working on the fight i've got a fight uh i think locked in hopefully locked in soon for the end of the year and i'll be away 
I'll, I'll probably be away in two or three weeks if the flight gets locked in. Nice, bro. What, what is yeah, like? So there's a lot of uncertainty in the world at the moment. COVID on its own agenda. Like, um, how do you, how do you stay ready and how do you stay like motivated through this when there's so much uncertainty, bro? Listen, um, I, I feel like you know what, what am I? Twenty nine years old, so I feel like I've got another three or four years to give boxing, and mm. I'd rather stay in shape. You know, I've, I've you know I have been in the past. You know, blow up, blow up out of shape and get heavy, and not train and not keep in shape, and then I'll use camp or you know to get in shape and to get fit. Mm. Whereas now I'm, I'm I'm staying ready and I'm staying fit, and I feel like you know I've nice. as a you know as a fighter and as a and as an adult, <laughs> you know, not not making mm. the same mistakes that I have in the past. Hey, Joe Louis here, bro. Hey, look, I'm wondering how frustrating it's been for you because you've got you sound like you've got yourself in a really strong mental and physical place, but finding a fight and, and getting one locked in, how how frustrating has that been? Yeah, what's up, Louis? Um, it has been frustrating because you know I had the fight in in the uh, in the UK first of May, and my goal or my my plan was to continue fighting and keep busy, because that's the only way that you can improve and get better as a fighter. But I feel you know with COVID, I mean it's a his plans um, and the same with boxing. You know, Matchroom have a big stable of fighters and they have to put them on and look after all of them. So I feel like it's taking me ages to lock in the fight. And it's, it's frustrating because I want to keep busy, want to keep learning, want to, you know, give it everything I have for the next three or four years. But you just got to, you know, adapt to the situation. It is hard, but I mean, you know, as long as I, I can have a fight locked in for the end of the year, I'll be very happy. Um, Joey, uh, You've been filming a few things over the last couple of months, bringing a lot of happiness to a lot of households, man. Where do you get the inspiration from? Where do you get the inspo from for these, for these amazing? You're a bit of an actor, aren't you? <laughs> Stop it, nah. <laughs> uh, you know, at a hard time, man, the first lockdown was a hard time for a lot of people trying to adapt to mm. staying at home and spending time with the family and not being able to leave, go, you know, catch up, go to the cafe, have coffee, or go to the gym and, you know, community groups and all that kind of stuff. So we just wanted to bring some happiness and some smiles around. And um, to be honest, I'll, I'll take it all the credit, but it's not me. It's, uh, it's a guy named Terry Russell who was in my bubble the first <laughs> lockdown. He, he's the guy that, you know, was able to cut. I haven't even seen some of those movies. So, <laughs> so he's a man. <laughs> He's an inspiration, man. We were lucky enough to spend two weeks on the road with Kerry Russell, me and Joe Wheeler, and uh, we were like, mate, can we do this video? Can we do this video? He's like, oh, nah, nah. Um, Joe Parker's already locked that in, bro. We're not allowed to use that one. I was like, oh, <laughs> sick, guy. <laughs> He's a man, Kerry yeah. Russell. And a genius, too, with the ideas and, and putting the videos together, you know, putting them on the laptop and working for his, I don't know what programs he uses, but he's a good man. Nice, bro. Um, you live next to Roger. Roger, two of us are Sheik, bro, and um, you probably have your own little bubble there. Have you seen him? What's he up to? Yeah, Roger. Roger lives next door to me. Um, you know, we've been training uh, at the same time. Just you know, we're keeping our distance, but we've been training at the same time. I, I'm out sprinting him at the mm. moment. <laughs> oh. Hey, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you already know that. Do you want a blues contract, Joe? Is that, if, if, if you can't get this fight, is the blues contract the next thing? <laughs> yeah, if I can't get a fight and if, I, if I'm if i no good at boxing for the next three or four years, 
Yeah, I can try for rugby, yeah. but I, I mean, listen, rugby is a different sport altogether. You need to be, you know, match fit. You need to be doing a lot of running, tackling, all that stuff. That's listen, it's, a, it's an aggressive sport. Is is he? What what nah, position nah, would Joe nah, be? What nah, position nah, would Joe be I'll if he played? I've seen him swing the golf club, mate. I've seen him swing the golf. Imagine him kicking a rugby ball. No way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. Hey, um, I'm going to ask you. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry. Yep. Sorry, Joey. Sorry, Joey. Mate. I'm going to ask you. Uh, Tyson Fury, you, you're good mates of him, and he's got a big fight coming up. Have you been uh, having a lot of connections with Tyson over in America, and how's he looking look, leaning towards um, Deontay Wadler? I feel like you know, with the first fight, uh, he did he did good. Mm-hmm. You know, box and move, and it was a close fight. I felt like he won. The second fight, he absolutely you know finished Wilder, you know, in the seventh, seventh round. So I feel like the third fight, um, when I was training with him, physically and mentally, he's on a different level. And I listen, it was mm-hmm. great to be around because it helped me see what I need to work on and and to lift my level. But he's looking good for this fight. I talked to him like two days ago, and I said to him that I'm gonna hopefully catch him in Vegas for his fight. And come cheer him on, and you know, see him do the business. But he's he's in he's in great shape. Um, Anthony Joshua came out and said that he needs to fight Tyson. That he thinks that's the fight that needs to happen. Obviously, you've got your own agenda in the heavyweight world, mate, and we want to see you up there fighting these guys as well. But do you think that that is the blockbuster fight that yeah, people will want? And can you imagine Tyson taking that at some stage? Oh yeah, I think Tyson. I, I really feel that Tyson wanted the fight, but because he was locked in contract with Wilder. You know the Wilder fight, um, having the you know the third fight, he he couldn't take that fight. But I feel like he really wants that fight. Joshua wants to fight, and that's the fight that needs to happen to see who is the best heavyweight. You know. Mm. Nice. Oh, I can't wait for that scrap. But what what were the biggest learnings you learned from Tyson uh, being around him and the things that he's kind of taught you and that you can take back into your camp and 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 you've obviously got your new trainer and how you enjoying that relationship as well, bro. Oh, listen, having the new trainer, I feel like um, as a fighter or as an athlete, it's always, there's always space to learn and you're always learning. Even if you feel like you've, you've reached the top, there's always um, learning to do. And I feel like with the new trainer, it was the best move I made. You know, it's, uh, he simplified everything. I feel like with all the other fights, I was overtraining, doing too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, just with the new trainer and, and Tyson simplifying everything, being able to just uh, look at it and go, just focus on this, focus on that. And the most important part, or the most important thing I've learned is rest. You know, the body needs a lot of rest. Mm. 100%, bro, 100%. Hey, we've had a wee conversation uh, throughout the show that Jake Paul and Logan Paul, we just want to play you this clip and I want to hear your reactions, okay? Listen. Yep, yep. And this this is kind of, this will be controversial. I'm sure, sure someone will like clip it and take it out of context, but... Someone asked me on an interview, what's harder, YouTube or boxing? And I said, YouTube. <laughs> what do you reckon, bro? Put him in his place. <laughs> Those guys, listen, good, good, good on them for, for coming to boxing and giving it a go. And, you know, but, you know, it'll be good to see him in a real fight and good to see him, uh, you know, test himself. I mean, there's a lot of fighters out there who've given it everything their whole lives, but, I mean, you know, because you're famous on YouTube and do this and do that, you get the you know opportunity to come right to the top. So I think he has to test himself. <laughs> but I think boxing way out of, like I don't know. I haven't been. I haven't done YouTube, but. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, just say it. Just say it, mate. Just tell it now. You want to fight Jake Paul? Go. <laughs> Listen, I would. I would bash him, but he's he's a, he's um he's a lighter weight, and uh, you know, but he'll probably bash me at YouTube. <laughs> 
I don't know, mate. I don't know. Some of those videos you guys have been doing, you and Kerry, it's pretty good stuff. What about the whole celebrity fight culture? Like, from a proper a proper boxer who's been in a gym his whole life, is it insulting, or can you kind of see what they're doing for the sport and bringing new eyeballs? Like, where do you kind of sit on it? Uh, I, I mean, you know, I respect anyone that gets into the ring, and I feel like they are bringing a different audience to boxing, but... Um, it'll be good to see all those fighters that have... But like, I'm in a good position because, you know, I've, I've had some good fights, but it'll be good to see those fighters who have given it their whole lives, um, give, give, give give them the opportunity, you know what I mean? Um, but, listen, yeah. it's... Uh, you just got to... It is what it is. <laughs> like, welcome to boxing. <laughs> <laughs> nice, bro. Hey, we got a got a quick uh, question before we go. Yesterday we spoke about power. You're a pretty good diver. Have you got any good power recipes for us before you go, brother? Oh, listen, I just got some power mints yesterday, thanks to my mate, uh, mm. Jim. But do I have any recipes? No, I don't. I just eat it like that. Well, you eat it raw. Listen, yeah, raw. Raw is pretty good. There you go. You want to be a heavyweight boxer. you get tough, mate. You eat, a, you eat a rubbery power straight out of the shell from the ocean. Wow. <laughs> Listen, mine's un- my my ones are nice and soft and, and they're delicious. <laughs> oh, mate, you're a champion, mate. Hey, Joey, I really appreciate giving us your time, mate. I know you're busy with your family and training, but on behalf of the Bears and Izzy and Louie for breakfast, we we thank you for joining us and giving us your time. All the best coming yeah, up later in the year. Awesome. We'll be watching with interest. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much, Joey. Thank you, brother. See you, Joe. What a guy. What a guy. Raw power. Get it in you, Izzy. (laughs) (laughs) Raw power. I've never gone down the raw power line, but apparently it is nice. Apparently it is the best way to eat it. Some really love it that way, but what a a good man for giving us his time, getting some great insights. So what's up coming up in the future? Um, Later on the year, there's a big fight. Maybe Derek Chisora. I don't know who, who he's thought. We should, try to, we should have got the announcement out of him anyway. He's, I'll flick a wee message he's after this the announcement, eh? I've seen people on <laughs> I've seen people on Instagram and Twitter trying to get it out of him and like, they are very close-lipped about it. So I, I think the concern is you don't want to announce a fight and then it falls through because there's so much uncertainty yeah. in the world of boxing that, fair enough, and like we're not going to push Joe on that. It's not really our place. Like We'll, we'll see it when we see it and he's going to be in good physical, Nick. You could hear him. Thanks, Brett, for that text about the power recipes appreciate your time on double eight double three right now izzy we're going across the ditch we've talked a lot about racing this morning and in australia kieran ma racing has grown to be nothing short of a behemoth in recent years they've won cox plates group races the lot now the man doing the job for kieran and david eustace in sydney though is a good kiwi lad called jack bruce and jack has been good enough to join us out of sydney this morning to talk about the spring ahead for the stable and what's going so well for the Aussie Racing Powerhouse. Morning, Jack. How are you, bro? Morning, guys. Um, I must say it's a privilege to join you guys on this on this show, Izzy. I've, I've been a big fan of yours from a rugby point of view for many years, um, and I feel a little bit privileged, but talking to famous people, it feels great. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. You're famous in your own right, mate. You are, you are looking after an unbelievable stable. You've been hitting the ground running over in... Sydney, mate, spring ahead. So, mate, the privilege is all mine. Um, you got any tip? I love a tip, no, mate. Look, it's, I love been, a tip. it's been, <laughs> it's been good. I'm, I'm just a small part in the big system. We've got 50 boxes here in Sydney, and um, Karen's got you know over sort of 250 horses in full training. So, 
Um, it's, a, it's a big operation, and my role is to sort of oversee the Sydney side of it and manage the racing operation here in New South Wales. It's good fun. We've got a good crew of staff and um, a good bunch of horses, and we've been getting some good results, which has been really pleasing. Yeah, well, I know you're you racing people in Sydney with the glitz and the glamour. You do know how to celebrate, and there's plenty to celebrate when you're working for Dave and uh, Karen. So how would you end up there, mate? What's your backstory? Um, so I, I was I worked at Windsor Park Stud in New Zealand, which is one of the great um, nurseries of New Zealand. Um, and I, I went overseas after about three or four years there, and uh, did a bit of travelling. Worked for Mike DeCock, who was a very obviously a very good international horse person in South Africa. And I worked for him in Dubai and England. Then I came back to Sydney. I got a job with Bjorn Baker, who's another solid Kiwi, obviously the son of Murray, and his stable was sort of growing exponentially at the time. So I went on that journey with him. Um, for a few years, about five years, and then I got this opportunity with Karen. So I've been very fortunate, and I suppose I've worked with some very good people who have helped me along the way, um, which I must say it's a big help, and, and, yeah, I'm lucky to do what I do. Yeah, well, you do it very well. People, very, you're very highly spoken of, Jack, and that's uh, in the racing industry. The reputation is everything, as you know. What Do you love having the Kiwi breeds through the stable when they come up in Sydney? Because I know uh, Karen and David, they, they do buy a lot, and they are great investors in the New Zealand racing industry. So do you love it when you see a Kiwi breed come through? Yeah, I must say I'm a little bit biased. Um, we've had a few seven bills, and actually Karen <laughs> yes. had a couple of raised the flags. He got out of the South Island that went jumping. He got good results with. Um, he's got a horse called Raise U10 that's going to head towards the Jericho Cup, and we'll we'll give that a massive shake. And yeah, look, we also bought a horse called Nick Our Spur out of New Zealand that's been a good money spinner. I think Karen only paid 150 for him, and he's already won it back in about 18 months. So. He does a great job with his stays, Karen, and often those Kiwi bred horses are tough and quite stoutly bred. Um, so we're always looking to to purchase Kiwi horses or get those types of pedigrees in our stable because Karen does such a good job with them. So you're saying only 150. <laughs> Here's me thinking I'm going to go buy a horse at the Caraca uh, early Jan, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe yeah, I might be in a wee bit. And you're saying 150. Is that for the? Is that the lower end of a of a horse? Is it? <laughs> That's um. It sort of depends. I mean, obviously we can split them into different shares, and it gives everyone a chance to get involved. But I suppose when you when you're buying Sir Dragon A out of the um, out of Europe for a couple of million dollars going to oh. New Zealand to buy a, a quality horse for 150000 feels cheap, doesn't it? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I mean, you, what, you can't put a price on a cox plate. You can't put a price on a cox plate, nah. Jack. So don't worry about that. Hey, That's uh, the way we look at it. Yeah, it's a big, big couple of months for you guys coming up, but this weekend in particular. So the, the horses you look after, there's racing at Newcastle tomorrow, then there's racing at Randwick. Do you have anything we can watch and follow? Yeah, I do. I have a few. I tell you what, we've actually got a couple of runners today that will go well. I think we're in the fifth at sale with a horse called Desert Dreamer, who's been racing really consistently. And um, up in Sydney, we're running a horse called Flower Moon in the last at Kembla Grange, who will run really well. Um, so we've got a, we've got a good crew today. But Newcastle tomorrow, it's their big day. And um, sorry, just give me a second here. You guys are right. You can head out. You're just countering one. <laughs> oh, so it's the middle of the... <laughs> the middle of the... He's still working. just go out there and do so, it. So we're, two hours, we're two hours behind you, you see. Um, actually, we've got the yeah. horse going out. It's going to the first two-year-old trial. She's called Cool and Gapper. One to follow there for everyone, just while we think of it. Um, <laughs> well, no, but, so Newcastle today, 
Newcastle today is their big day, um, and we're running two horses in the Tibby um, on Friday. One is called Charlize, who is very unlucky in the Mona Lisa, um, and the other is called The Closer. It's a bit of a throw-up stump for The Closer. She's been purchased by Arrowfield to be a broodmare. So this is her last run before she goes off to be a mum. But at Newcastle on Friday, Charlize should run really well, I would imagine. Um, she's got a good draw, and Louise Day's won on her before, so it's a, a good... Good also follow. And, and down in Melbourne Saturday, um, we've got a couple of good chances. We've got um, Amish boys running in the Sir Rupert Clark. It's his shot of the Group 1, but he's drawn the car park. He's probably the horse who's had the worst barrier draws um, in history. I think he's drawn the outside or two from the outside, about five of his last six, which is almost mathematically impossible. But it wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, but look, today, both Kieran and Dave's runners today are run really well. Race five at sale and uh, the 7th at Kimberley Range. Ah, oh, awesome, Jack. Oh, we love to love follow, it. Love to follow that and cool and gather. That's what I wanted, a wee tip. Yeah. A wee tip from the man himself. Thank you, Jackie. There we go. And and Charlie's tomorrow, you're getting in the, uh, at Newcastle, you're getting about double-figure odds as well in the Tibby. So there you go, $12.380 at the TAB as we speak. Jack, we have to get you back sometime, mate. No, no worries. I'd love to be part of it. Um, I must say, I just, when I heard I was going to be speaking to you guys. I can just picture what it'd be like in New Zealand on a beautiful Waikato morning at this time of year, um, about a quarter to nine. So no, it's good. It's good. I'm a New Zealander at heart. I've, I've made my living in Sydney, but um, I love New Zealand and I always follow the racing there and love to catch up with my friends at home. So it's a great place. Legend. Awesome, mate. What a legend. All Thank right. you so much, Jack. See you, no Jack. worries, boys. Well, um, good luck on the punt, everyone, and um, we'll talk soon. Yeah, you bet you we will, mate. Awesome. There you go. Jack Bruce is the assistant trainer for Kieran Mara and David Eustace, a Kiwi doing awesome things and probably Australasia's biggest stable or one of them right up there alongside the Chris Wallers of the world. So great to catch up with him. There you go. Awesome. Love it. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.